Hello and welcome to another episode of another Youth Ministry Podcast. I am uh, one of your hosts, Chris Von Holt, Youth Pastor at Cedar Crest BFC in Allentown, and I am joined by Jared Burkholder, Youth Pastor at Bethel BFC in Emmaus. Go ahead and say hello to our listeners, Jared. <laughs> hey, Chris. Hey, guys. How's everyone doing? Hope you're doing well. This is exciting. Our first episode. Yes, you know, Jared, that's one of the things that shows that we're a noob is that you ask people who can't respond to you how they're doing. How are you doing? Yeah, I want people <laughs> to say it, though. I want them yeah. listening to this podcast and say, I am doing well. All right. Well, if you could humor Jared and actually just say that you're doing well right now, we won't know that you did, but we'll trust that at least one of you out there will do that. Uh, today, one in our very well. first episode, uh, we are going to discuss um, we're going to discuss God's sovereignty uh, over the current pandemic. Uh, this is actually going to be a mini series that we're going to do on how to parent and shepherd um, teenagers, uh, and that always to me includes 12 year olds. Okay, for those sixth graders out there that are only 12, I've had people oh, give me a hard time about that. Love yeah, sixth grade. yeah, love yeah, sixth grade. yeah. We sorry if you're not 13, we, 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 don't, we don't care about <laughs> we don't care about you. That's not true. No, we do, you know, I, you know even if you're younger, yeah. even if you're younger than 12, we care. Oh, about yeah, you. We, we definitely don't care about you then. No, that's not true <laughs> at all. We, I, I actually, you know, be, it's funny you say that. I always use the word teenagers when I send emails yeah. and things. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm ostracizing the, the 12 year olds. You're making them doubt ministry. themselves, their value. And exactly. And so, you know, I've actually thought life. about switching to the word students. So youth pastors, mm. practical tip of the day. There you go. Maybe, maybe think about changing your ministry to student ministry or, you know, the, I'm saying the title of it. And then yeah. when you refer to them, calling them students. And I actually started doing that and it's way less awkward. Um, but anyway, you just just call them youth the youth yeah or or as our executive director dave allen would say the youths the youths yeah that's a good today. one i like that one yeah like that one. yeah oh, yeah, yeah but student ministry, that's a good that's a good pro tip pro tip of the day that's right pro tip of the day. hey maybe that's something we'll uh we should have we'll a segment for it yes segment pro tip of the day uh, well, just don't practical. call your students teens <laughs> yes exactly i think we should have a practical that's tip right. you know that's actually you know, that's something that we should throw in there uh recommending uh, resources, practical helps, things of that nature. Uh, yeah, I actually already have idea. one in my mind. I'll save it for the next episode. Ooh, anyway. There's a tease yeah. right there. That's a tease. Yeah. Big Gotta big. listen to the next episode if we yeah. <laughs> if we go that far. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope we do. I hope, I hope we so do. too. I think we so will. So today's episode is uh, God's Sovereignty, COVID-19, and our students. It did say kids. I'm changing it to students. Um, so Jared, uh, as believers, especially as, as um, those who uh, confess the doctrines of grace, being a part of the Bible Fellowship Church, uh, we, 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 we really know how to talk the talk on God's sovereignty. Um, in our uh, articles of faith, uh, in our denomination, we are very, very big on God being sovereign over all things. Another word for that is, is uh, God's providence, that he is in complete and total control. He wills all things that happen and nothing can happen outside of his sovereign decree. But with that, Jared, uh, we live in a real world and we don't just want am ambiguous, you know, nebulous ideas like that floating around. What, how do we acknowledge God's sovereignty over our lives? What, what does scripture specifically say about God's sovereignty? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, of different things. Uh, this would be good to have all these verses open, but uh, uh, we see that, God is sovereign over everything, and even over the, over little things, big things. Um, you know, in 
in, in Daniel, we see a lot of stuff where God's sovereign over the kings, right? He raises up the kings. We see that in uh, Nebuchadnezzar's dream with the statue. And Daniel explains that after this nation, this nation will rise and this nation will rise. Uh, and I think the whole idea of sovereignty is great when we think about the large scale. We think about governments. We think about even things like like pandemics and things like that. It's really, we see that and it's easy to accept that. But I think the disconnect comes when we, we try to apply that or don't apply that to our daily lives, right? God's yeah. sovereign over the nations, right? He, he allows and selects presidents and all that kind of stuff, but he is not sovereign over my individual decisions or individual things that affect my life, whether my car won't start or flat tire or whatever. Hmm. Uh, so I think that's really where we have this disconnect. And when things like this happen, uh, I think we, we had talked about this before, uh, off the air, but when this whole pandemic started and in a, a week is like, oh yeah, this is a week. We can, we can, we can kill a week, right? We can make it work for a week, but now it's over a month without really an end official end date in sight. Yeah. And you know, it's, talk about a month. Uh, I know in Virginia, they're actually, it's uh, on state home orders, uh, until at least June 12. And, uh, my uh, family who lives in Colorado, is actually saying that their governor has made a comment that they probably will not allow gatherings of 50 or more until there's a vaccine, which could be 18 to 24 months. And so, you know, and what's what's crazy about it is this impacts our individual lives. My brother, uh, he was supposed to get married on April 26th and had to cancel the entire wedding. They're going to do something small now, but this does have an impact on our lives. So I think what you're saying, Jared, is that, you know, at, at least as at a church that or a denomination that that uh, prides itself in its doctrine that we we're, we're very quick to confess God's sovereign over the big things, right? Like you know history and the plan of salvation, and um, you know our president, and you know a lot of us are feeling the quote unquote sovereignty of the government right now and telling us how how to dress when we go out and we have to wear a mask and we have to stay home. But a lot of us aren't very quick to recognize God's sovereignty in our everyday lives in the little things. Right. Well, one of the verses that I, that I thought of is in Acts chapter 17, verse 26, says he made from one man, every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. Which really speaks that you and I are where we are today because God wants us to be where you and I are. Uh, and I think that in, in relation to parenting, in relation to what we're doing with now is God wants us to be the parents of the kids we have, right? A lot of times we think, oh, it's a choice. I wanted to have X number of kids, but you really only had X number of kids because God ordained, God permitted that to happen uh, and, and chose you for that, right? It's not just like, well, well, we'll give Chris a couple kids and give Jared a couple kids and see how they do. And hopefully they're the best parents for those kids. But insomnia extends the fact that even the decisions we make fall under that, under that guise. Yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah, I, I love that you just, just pointed out that, it, that, you know, God, one of the things I'm trying to teach my, my son or two of the things are one that God, when God speaks, he means what he says. And second, that God follows through on what he says. And so that God never does anything ambiguously or by accident without intention. God, everything that God does, God does for a purpose. So kind of moving forward then in, in, in the conversation, 
the word that I want our listeners to pick up on today, as far as like how we're trying to counsel you in, uh, though, in light of everything going on with COVID-19 and, and the pandemic around the world and that we're feeling right here in the Northeast is that is the word perspective. So our perspective for COVID-19 ought to be God's sovereignty, what God is doing and what is neat. And it's unfortunately touted as a very cliche verse, but it's, it's got amazing power behind it is really Romans 8, 28. Um, and I just want to speak, I just want to speak to that um, briefly. And I, Jared, I know you have some comments you have uh, prepared, at least I see on our notes, you have prepared for it. And, you know, a lot of people like to throw around this verse uh, Romans 8, 828, you know, we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And people use that on, on you know, when uh, they lose their job and, and their response, I don't know if you ever heard this, God's got a better job for you. Um, or one of your seniors doesn't get into the college that they want. Oh, that's because there's a, there's a better college for you to get into or a better house or a better girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever it might be better, a better podcast. If you feel like this podcast (laughs) is letting you down. That's right. This is the better podcast for you. But what the thing is that most people don't realize that in the text, God defines the good for us. Um, You know, so Paul opens up to say in Romans eight, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ right? So there's no judgment that we fear. So that means God is not ever going to work anything in our lives for retribution or for punishment. He's never going to punish us. All that he does now is going to be for our good. And so he says in verse 28, and we know we can be certain of this in the midst of a pandemic, regardless of what's happening, for those who love God, that's believers, right? We, we can agree with that. That's not non-believers. That's not your neighbor that doesn't know Jesus. All things. Now, Jared, I don't know about you. I, I did not. Uh, I studied a little bit of Greek in, in, in college. I don't know if you have any language studies. Um, two years that are now way gone. Yeah, mind. way, way past. Right. But the whole idea behind the phrase all things, you know, is is that a difficult thing to interpret what the text is saying there? No, I think one one thing I remember from uh, I think it was a pastor I uh, worked with out in Ohio. All all means all. And when is it all the time? All means all, all the time. All is all. So all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. So God was, has sovereignly called us according to his purpose so he can work all things for our purpose. Now, what is that purpose? What is the good? For those whom he foreknew, meaning that he knew us in an intimate way, like a man would know his wife, he also predestined, here it is, here's the good, to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And then here's the golden chain of salvation. For those whom he predestined, he also called. Those whom he called, he also justified. Though he justified, he also glorified. So all believers are, who have been called by God, who love him, are headed towards being made perfect in Christ. And in that middle ground that we're in now called sanctification, all things work together for our being made into the image of Jesus Christ. So in light of that reality, Jared, what are some of your thoughts on how this pandemic is conforming us and our teens, us as parents and our teenagers into the image of Jesus? Yeah. I think, like you said, like a lot of people think stop it, that good, like, oh, I know what good is. I know what good is for me, but uh, we realize that 
through this God, if God works all things uh, for our good, then he's in control and we, we are not. And I think we realize that in episodes and stuff like this, where you can't go out wherever you're, you might not be able to work. You might, you aren't able to go to school. You aren't able to go hang out with your friends. You're not able to do anything you want to do and realize that God is in control and we are not. And I think what works that out is that we realize what we put our, our trust in, what we put our hope in, in our fulfillment right? Our, our security, right? A lot of people are feeling financial burdens and financial insecurities because of this. And that's exposing in part what our security was in like, Oh, well, my 401k was set and now it's not so set. Now I'm freaking out that, that right there highlights what your insecurities were. Uh, and so I think we first realize that God is in control we realize we're not, and we realize hopefully we're exposed to some of those false securities, that false sense of this is where my purpose is. This is what I'm, what life is all about. Going to school, going to work, doing even, even fellowshipping together as believers in a church, like that is a good thing. Now this is forcing us to think, all right, how can we still be the body of Christ, even though we're not gathered together? The second so, thing we look. So, so really quickly yeah. on that though. So a pandemic can, can cause a believer in their growth to may, maybe exposes some of their idols. Yeah. Yeah. It exposes, definitely exposes idols, exposes, for instance, there, there are so many people who are sports fans and it's okay to be a sport. I mean, I love sports. You know, I follow uh, roughly follow most major sports, but really enjoy football, which has probably least been affected by this because it's not, wasn't currently in season, but you know, how much do we put, uh, and worship that stuff like March Madness didn't happen, and for a lot of yeah. people that hurt them. Big one, just viewing it, but also you think about the people who bet on that stuff. You know, weren't able to. Hopefully, hopefully Christians aren't betting on sports. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, we are. We are not endorsing betting. Just putting not that endorsing there. that. No, for sure. Yeah, but we're speaking. You know, but find that like, oh, we want to enjoy that stuff. But how much do we enjoy that at the detriment of spending time doing profitable things, or spending time with our families, or spending time. Yeah. I don't, wow. I don't know about you, but you know, if you're a parent listening to this and, and you're maybe caught in this, I, I would love for God to use this time to help you and your perspective. Uh, we have so many teenagers that um, as soon as their sports season starts, their, their attendance at any youth gathering is, is little to non-existent. Um, and it just kind of shows where the priority is. And I, I think a lot of parents out there um, who are listening or youth leaders use this as an opportunity to speak to your parents and point to the fact that maybe God is, has taken away baseball and spring soccer and track and field in order to strip you of things that, that you were pursuing other than him and to get you to, to quiet your soul and actually focus on who the real king is. So I, I think God exposes our idols. So that's kind of the first point. And Jared, you were about to go on to the second. I, I kind of inter interrupted no, no. you. Can you that's fine. kind of that's... jump into that as, as to how our, our parents can have hope um, in, in the midst of this? We don't just want to be critical and saying you're an idolater repent um <laughs> right which, god has exposed idols in my life so we are by oh. no means oh for speaking, sure um you know as if we're the you know clean white pastors speaking to the dirty definitely flock not. definitely not uh yeah but the, the second part is you can find joy in that because you realize one it's freeing to not be in control not to be oh i gotta have everything together it's just, i gotta make sure everything works together and it's not about that it's about finding joy in the situation and realizing where our hope comes from Reminds me of Psalm 121, 
verses one and two, I lift my eyes to the hills from where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And we're talking about this idea of sovereignty. God created everything. And so we can rely on God and trust in God that he's in control, even when everything else seems to be falling apart. Yeah. And it's for me, that's freeing. That's and, and, and what's really neat. A lot, a lot of people misunderstand the first part of that, of that song. When he's mm-hmm. saying, I lift my eyes to the hills. Oh, the hills, the hills aren't bringing hope. He's actually looking <laughs> at the hills and seeing his enemies standing against mm-hmm. him, ready to bring him down. So then it right. says he looks to the Lord. And yeah. so, you know, parents, when you lift your eyes and you see the pandemic and you see your teenager in your living room at a time when they're not supposed to be there because they're supposed <laughs> to be in school. school. Right. And you're like, how am I going to do this? Your right. perspective is, hey, God is using this for my good. I can have hope in the yeah. fact that he's, he's going to make me a more Christ-like parent mm-hmm. as a result of all that's, all that's happening because of COVID-19. Yeah. I mean, hopefully a more Christ-like student or teenager because yeah. they're home and they're, be, they're being hopefully they're being less exposed to different things that they would be at school. Like obviously social media, all that stuff is going to still be there. Maybe hopefully probably at a higher level than they're used to. But the, the, the joy and the opportunity you, we have as parents to engage that time and, mm-hmm. and use that time and as a family grow together, but also grow individually. Um, like Christ is, is phenomenal. So Jared, Jared actually just kind of teased you all for what we're to talk about in our next episode. So today has been perspective and our next episode, we are going to talk uh, in more detail about how we should actually respond in light of that perspective. So uh, just a little teaser right in the middle of your thought there. We, we, uh, yeah, we love, we love to drop the tease. That's a, yeah, exactly. That, 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 that should be a, a, a catchphrase. We love to drop the tease. Drop the tease. So, yeah, all right, Jared, why don't you kind of wrap us up with, uh, with your third point from, from God's sovereignty um, and your whole idea of looking for the purpose behind it. Yeah, I think uh, one thing that really jumps to my mind when I think of God's sovereignty and going through struggle and difficult situations is go back to the book of Job where Job was just doing his thing. He was, you know, as God says, he was righteous in following God. He was faithful. And then he just, the world just gets turned completely upside down and his family starts dying off. He starts getting sickness and disease. He loses everything. And his friends are even telling him to like, just give up, like mm-hmm. just give up. And his wife even says, just, you know, give Curse up. God like, and die. Just, give up and it's like no and but we wonder like why why did this happen what is the purpose of that and in the end god received glory from it it wasn't just this uh epic cosmic chess match between god and satan it was like god had a purpose and he's going to show himself faithful to job through the whole thing and you know in the end receive the glory and realize and help job's perspective like he's like job where were you when i laid the foundations of the earth and so that question really has to present, resonate with us. Like, why is this happening? Well, where were we when the foundations of the earth were laid? Like, we were, we did not exist. And what we need is that Job, Job uh, did not does not know what we know at least at the time. And as as far as like God's uh, whole dialogue with uh, with with Satan in, in in heaven about wanting to tempt him. And here you in the beginning of the book, you could, you almost might be tempted to create a theology of that it is the cosmic chess match. And, yeah. and that it's Satan versus God. And then I love in how Job finishes in Job 42. He after, after God challenges Job, and there's chapters and chapters of saying, where were you? Where were you? Please explain to me this if you're so smart. 
And then how does Job answer God? I now I know you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. My goodness. Um, now I know you can do all things and no purpose of yours can be thwarted. So God used a, a horror of events in Job's life in order to still teach him something about the Lord. So I guess, you know, Jared, we kind of talked about idols in the beginning that our perspective of God's sovereignty is that he's using this to conform us more like Christ and he can expose idols. But also, even if we're really walking closely with the Lord uh, as what we can see in Job's life, there's still more to learn. No. Yeah, there's still more. And we'll never end up learning all of it uh, on this side of, of eternity, this side of, of heaven, because we, there's always going to be something else. Like we think about that, you remove one idol, but something else is going to fill that gap, but maybe not right away, but eventually it's just, we're, we're living in a world. And I think someone told me, mentioned this to me that our hearts are idol factories. We're constantly creating new ways to worship and worship things and worship something. And that's what we were designed for. We were designed to worship and we're just misplacing that worship all over the place. Uh, and until we finally get it right. And are finally, like you mentioned in, in Romans eight, talk about we're being sanctified and then glorified. And once we're, we're glorified, we'll have that, be in the presence of God and we'll have that pure heart and really have that purpose directive form of yes. worship. Amen. Parents and, and youth leaders uh, and youth pastors, we are headed for revelation 21, one through eight, where we are promised that there will be no more crying, no more sickness, no more death, that God will dwell with us. We will be his people and he will be our God. Uh, Jesus uh, told uh, uh, the uh, women who came to his, his empty tomb that to go tell his brothers that, uh, that he's a, he has risen and that, and that he is about to go back to his God and to their God. So what he has accomplished at the cross has won that for us. COVID-19 will not win the day. As a matter of fact, we are going to head into a much worse world than what we are experiencing right now. And I want to kind of close with this thought. Parents, youth leaders, Youth pastors, anyone who's listening, you set the tone in your home and in your youth group, in your church, um, as, to, as far as how uh, young people will respond. They will watch you. They will watch how you respond when you lose your job, how you respond when your stimulus check is late, how you respond uh, when, you're, when your kid doesn't get into the college that they were hoping to get into, or, the, or there's some sort of delay. So you set the tone in your home as to the perspective we ought to have on COVID-19. So we encourage you that God is sovereign and that we are to know that he's working this together for our good, for his glory, and uh, he will help us through it. Well, that is all we have for today's episode of uh, another youth podcast. Uh, we would love to hear from you. So you can email us at our email. Jared, you want to give our listeners that and we will close right out. Yeah, it's another YM podcast at gmail.com. We welcome any kind of questions, directives, or suggestions for topics please, on future please. episodes. Suggestions for topics and suggestions to make this show better. We are, yeah. we are we're not going to lie. This is definitely amateur hour. Or if you're a wordsmith and you want to shorten and concise our mission statement. <laughs> exactly. Or if you want to join us, let us know. Join us. Yeah. We'd love to interview and, and discuss, talk about things. Well, that is all for now. Go and glorify God uh, with, with his grace in shepherding your teenagers, even in the midst, especially in the midst of COVID-19. We are looking forward to, to having you join us again. Bye.